Comcast, all right? It's it's it's, it's fucking Comcast. All Likely right, so... story. <laughs> uh, all right. Let me see. Are we back on? Let me check Twitch. I don't know if it reconnected us or not. Ah, dang it. All right. Uh, let's see. We're in. We're in the top ten, buddy. <laughs> Ooh, we got my star! Give me my star! Yes! <laughs> Alright. Yeah, we're on. Okay! We're back, and people were hearing Charles get a star. So that was... That was eventful. I'm a star, baby. Alright, guys. Hey, what's up, Freddy? You're back in take number two of our show. The internet went down on me once again. It's and Like I said, it's been going down... Uh, I've been streaming on my other channel and stuff, and it's gone down then, too. Uh, I've been not streaming, and the internet has gone down, so... Comcast is going to have to get a strongly worded tweet. Let's see what's going <laughs> to happen. Okay, boys. Alright, so yeah, the Rays are in, thank God. But, I need the petty. I need to I need to air my my absolute joy... In the futility of Atlanta sports. And it is beautiful. Oh, it is beautiful. Man, I've been watching YouTube videos of Atlanta sports fans immediately after the fact. Some were on the verge of tears. Uh, their anguish sustains me. So who would you say was uh, more petty, you or me, in this course of everything? Because oh, I man. thought you were good, and then you became big evil. Oh, I was like, what the hell? You were the serial killer who turned out to be the best friend all along that no one knew. <laughs> Look, guys, man. It, you know what it is? It's the... Because... Charles, imagine being... Because imagine being... Thinking your your franchise is the equivalent of the New York Yankees in your division without the hardware to back it up. That's the Atlanta okay. Braves. I mean, yeah. Ooh. That's in that in that time span between um, uh, the Joe Torre years of the Yankees. All right, ninety six through oh seven or whatever, or oh six. Um, the Braves were pretty much uh, the equivalent on in the on the side of the National League to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. You guys even had two World Series against each other. Yep. And yet, throughout all of that. The Braves only won one World Series championship in a strike-shortened season. So, big asterisk on that one if you want. I can put one next to it. That's what I would do. Um, You guys went toe-to-toe with your American League counterpart and lost both to our Lord and Savior, Derek Jeter. Uh, You actually went toe-to-toe with teams in your division in the playoffs. Dang it, I ended number four. Sorry. Exactly. Just, Just like the Braves, you ended up number four. All right. The, the in 97 you went up against my team the Marlins and lost. In 99 you beat the Mets, but then the next year the Mets beat you. All right, in 2000. And you haven't made the NLCS since 2001 and then uh until now. All right. And throughout that you guys were winning your division every single year, winning the division, 15 whatever uh, National League East division titles. And one strike shortened World Series to to uh, uh, to your name, all right. The Phillies have two championships. The Marlins have two championships. The Mets have two championships, and now the Nationals have a single World Series title. 
and all of them uh, all of them beat you guys or were just way better than you guys anyways uh, the, the Nationals in 2019 same division as you guys they finally don't win a division to make the playoffs and they didn't need that stuff. I mean, the National League East Division Miles will be the uh, the President's Trophy in the NHL at this point. <laughs> and Andrew knows what I mean by that, man. There's, a, there's kind of sort of a curse to it. But the Braves have devalued the the worth of the National League East Division title. It, it It's almost meaningless at this point. Ooh. The number of times they've made the playoffs and have lost the first round. And they made it to the NLCS this year. And it looked like the darkest time was about to pass. All right. And I know the Braves swept my Marlins in the division series. Their first ever playoff series loss. And yes, that that eats away at me a little bit. And yes, I was like, okay, but they're about to get railed by the Los Angeles Dodgers. The best team in baseball in this shortened season. The team that's been literally spending billions of dollars to get up to this point. All right. If this is the year the Dodgers are going to do it, this would be the year, right? That's what a lot of people think. I think that's what we all want. If not the Rays, yeah, not, are we well, happy not, that's them? Yeah, we, well, not Andrew. Not Andrew right now. Not Andrew about right that, now. But it's like, okay, they're about to get railed by, by the Dodgers, who, who beat a team that was better than the Braves and the San Diego Padres in their division series. All right. The Marlins got there. All right, we beat the Cubs because the Cubs are trash. They're gonna, it's going to be another hundred trash. years before another hundred years before they win another World Series title. All right, but <laughs> and it looked like because the Braves, man, they're, they're so fucking annoying. That team. All right, Ronald Acuna, he's a he's a he's a fucking baby. Overrated. overrated, overrated baby. All right, the only reason you guys got there is because Freddie Freeman, who is the most humble guy on that team, and really he shouldn't be there. <laughs> he does not belong in a team like that, but God bless the man. All right. Trash. That's what he is. Trash. He's, that he's, I would love to have. He, yeah. He, he, he's and he's a nice dude. And it's like, man, why are you on this team of all teams? You know, Marcelo Zuna. He was 31. Marcelo Zuna is the, one of the biggest reasons you were there. He's a free agent. All right. And he's about to get paid and probably going to get he... paid by an American League team so he can be a DH. All right. Wasn't he one of your guys? We traded him to the Cardinals for Sandy Alcantara, who That's right. possibly is going to be our ace now. So the trade mm-hmm. worked out. The Cardinals didn't sign him. So, you know, more the fault of the Cardinals than us, you know. But, uh, and it looked like, man, I'm like, oh, dear God, it's three games to one. And then, but I'm like, I remember I posted a tweet, guys, on our account, on our sports because it's account. As, and I, before uh, the playoffs started, I said, I don't know how, I don't know when, but the Braves will choke because they're an Atlanta sports team. We don't know how, we don't know when, but it will happen. And boys, <laughs> the Barves, yes. Barves. Um, you know what? Let's just call it the Atlanta baseball team at this point. All right? You guys don't even deserve the name. All right? The Atlanta baseball team. They, uh, the Dodgers woke up. The Dodgers freaking woke up. It wasn't easy. No, it wasn't easy. All right, we had our, our quintessential Clay, uh, Clayton Kershaw uh, choke uh, before that. 
it seemed like, oh, here we go. The Dodgers are about to blow it. They blew it last year. Last season was their version of the uh, of the Lightning of the uh, Virginia Cavaliers. They mm-hmm. lost to the Dodgers to to the to the Nationals in the first round. This might be the redemption in twenty twenty, the year of redemptions of all things, for sports at least. <laughs> Who knows? But man, guys, but game seven, game seven, it was a good game. A good, good, good game seven on the National League side. The, the Rays did what they had to do. All right, the 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 Astros threatened at some points, but they they never let them get an in in that game. All right, the, one of the guys practically fell down a bottomless pit in San Diego. Um, but the uh, Cody Bellinger, guys, eighth Rookie inning. Bets. Mookie Betts robbing home runs. But Cody Bellinger with the bat flip, the slow walk, <laughs> a bottomless jacking pit in San Diego. Ah, <laughs> oh, Freddie knows. Freddie knows. But right there, everyone in Atlanta, you could hear the amount of people just crying in agony, knowing that it was happening again. The baseball equivalent of 28 to 3 was happening to them. Atlanta. Look, listen guys, I like your city. It's nice. It's not that bad. Capital of the South, whatever you guys want to call it. All right? Coca-Cola. Yeah, you know? You guys Georgia Aquarium, that's pretty cool. You got a whale shark. I love that whale shark. You got a few of them actually. I like whale sharks. Whale sharks are cool. All right, but Man, your 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 sports teams are awful. And don't give me that crap about uh the the the, the MLS team, all right? Uh you know what? You know what people say when Atlanta, you know what people say when the Atlanta people say, "Oh, well, our MLS team won a championship." You get the um uh the newspaper editor from Spider-Man laughing at you. Okay, don't Jameson. <laughs> yeah, you get that. That's what that's that's what you get from the rest of the country. <laughs> Soccer. <laughs> you know? All right. You lost two NHL teams, both of them doing way better in Canada than they would be in Atlanta. You know, the Flames won a Stanley Cup after leaving Atlanta. Right. The Jets, it's Winnipeg. They don't have enough parks. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, the Falcons, man, you have the anus hole stadium and an anus hole of a franchise at this point. Uh, twenty-eight to three, the Braves. You know, you guys really probably should relocate at this point. You know why? It seems like the Braves win a championship only one time every time they move a city. So they won one in Boston. They moved to Milwaukee. They won one there. They moved to Atlanta. They won one there. So I don't know. Go to Vegas. The Raiders did. Go to Vegas. Maybe it'll work out there. Just. Uh, just get the hell out of the NL East, you guys. You guys are not worthy of the title. You've devalued it so much. Just get the fuck out of the NL East. All right. That's that's it for me, guys. May I add at on, the end my of this? Uh, the Atlanta baseball team should move to Las Vegas. That's 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 my my opinion. Oh, can, May I, I... can I add something to that really quick? The twenty-eight to three thing. Yeah. So oh I... yes, that's that. 
That's I, that. I cannot confirm this, but I read on Twitter, which you know is always 100% correct. Urinating tree. Mm-hmm. Who read it from somewhere else. Right. So apparently, the record in the NLC or in playoff series in baseball, when a team was ahead 3-1, to one, was 28-3. to three. <laughs> and now it's uh now it's 29 and 4. Of course you guys are the 29 and the Braves are the 4. So good job Atlanta. Oh, we're done with baseball, right? Go World Series. Hey. Uh <laughs> gone in 60 seconds Diecast Club. Oh, was it is our, oh, it was is our sponsor. It was too old. So Diecast Club. So if you guys like model cars and all that stuff, uh, that's our sponsor right now. Mustang nice. Eleanor. Yeah. Eleanor. Used to have a lot of diecast fashion name. Used to have a lot of diecast. Yeah. So. All right. So, uh, where, where where do we go from here, guys? Where, where that's baseball. We've got the World Series. Uh, let's talk college football. All right. Because Andrew's here. We haven't talked about it in weeks now. We've been focused on basketball and nba and baseball what is basketball uh no it's a thing that happened but uh and jimmy butler is uh is worth every penny right charles yeah they call him the butler because he is worth every penny all right so well i thought they called him alfred 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 pennyworth because he's worth every penny ah dang it i died (laughs) i had i had to verify my mistake uh all right guys where do you want me to start Hmm. Good old well, UCF. Actually, I haven't I haven't heard the petty in a while. Uh, well, Andrew is feeling so good about the World Series. Now you got to make a no. We that. need to jock him down a little bit. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. You that's hard to say UCF national champion. I was gonna start it's with like the top twenty five and then work our way into it. Like you can have the petty and then we can work our way into the non sponsors. You, always you literally just up. went on a five minute tirade of petty. We have to continue the petty course. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. All right. Well, let's do our teams then. All right. Because uh, FIU, uh, the Varus. FAU, the Varus. All right. So that's out of the way. <laughs> Florida State. Oh. All right. This. Let's this, start with Florida State. Just the thank first. You. The first. Thank you. Yes. I, I, I thank you, Francisco. Mm. Uh, took the Tar Heels down a notch. <laughs> yeah. They're they a basketball were, uh, school of all things. Come on now. They were uh, getting a little too big for their britches. Yeah, we need to ranking. Come yeah. on. Yeah. All right. Michael Jordan went there. We need them to be crying Jordans right now. This this isn't this isn't 2007 UNC. Uh, for anyone that follows college football, which in this case is me and Freddie, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um. I'll, I'll do a learning goof for you guys another day about what I mean by 2007. Hmm. Um, anyway, so we don't talk about that here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for anyone who wants to know about it, KTO did a really good uh, recap of it uh, a few YouTube. months ago. Yep. All right. Um, so, so anyway. Go Knowles. Uh, the Knolls beat UNC, which was wonderful. Great to see. Um, 
you you redeemed yourself uh, ever so slightly. Uh, still don't think you're the top team in Florida, but uh, it, it was it was the first significant victory in the new Norville era. Well, the Norville era is one year, not even. I know, but it's the first significant one. Look, to take down number five is probably the best victory you're going to get all season. Yeah, probably. But it's 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 a ray of hope. Well, let's let's see who else you play this year. Especially at the. But yeah, the Knolls. They got the victory. They did the thing. They held on. You guys play. I hung up a, a Seminoles hat in my office. <laughs> if you guys can, if you guys can somehow beat Clemson, Mm-mm, that ain't happening. I don't know what I would do, but that would be pure chaos, and I would love it. We'd have to Nancy Kerrigan, Trevor Lawrence, but that yeah, basically, and a few other guys. <laughs> um, Clemson is ours. <laughs> Freddie is a Notre Dame fan. Mm-hmm. Which uh, semi ACC? Well, for this year, they are technically in the ACC. That's true. For this year only. Yeah. Although, Freddie, listen, I love you guys. You have a lot of tradition. I respect that you're independent. But no, get Beyonce the hell out of there and get into time. a freaking conference. <laughs> get into the ACC, so then the ACC can pick us up. But they like money. <laughs> they like money and recruitment, and they're a Catholic school, so they can go everywhere they want. Uh, you know. Boston College is a Catholic school. Yeah, that's Boston. What's a, big, <laughs> what's a Big East team that you can think of that would actually rival out for Notre Dame? Because Freddie just goes and says Notre Dame to Big East. Big East doesn't have football anymore. Yeah, that's why I'm like. What is this nonsense? Unless he's just saying Charles independent for life. New beast. Electric Boogaloo. Oh, not in football. All right. Yeah, that would make sense because the the Big East, their core is uh, is um, the Catholic Seven. Mm, you know, okay. uh, Creighton. Um, Was it Seton Hall? St. John, Seton Hall, Xavier. You know, all that stuff. So anyway, thank you for beating uh, the Tar Heels. Even if it was a very close win, it was Mm. still a win. All right. I cannot say the same about UCF. Well, I was going to go to the Hurricanes next. We weren't going to get there just yet. uh, Okay. They won. They did a thing. You messed up my segue. The hubris of the Canes will ever grow until they will fall. Don't worry. I mean that that Clemson ass whooping. Yeah, I know. Was the rude awakening? I yeah, you know Miami people. You know yeah. how they are. I don't think that I don't think it's as big a rude awakening as people as they would have thought. Because Clemson is Clemson. Clemson has been in. I mean, I think three out of the last four national championships. Correct. They're good. They're legit. They're really good. Um, 
You know, I think if if they had played anyone else last year in the national championship, I think they would have won. But they ran into Joe Burrow and a juggernaut LSU team that was, believe it or not, a lot of people are saying maybe the best team in college football history, which is saying a lot. Well, their, their draft picks are panning out, so that's actually a a surprising, you know, affirmation, exclamation of that. Exactly, and you still have uh, you still have a couple more years to go with uh, who they can who can get drafted. I mean, your redshirt junior, your redshirt juniors, your uh, seniors are drafted last year, so you've got three or four more years of people coming through that were on the team. Um, so yeah, but otherwise you're doing great. You know, you beat uh, you beat UAB. Uh, came a little bit close against Louisville, who was severely overrated at the start of the year. Um, beat beat the crap out of Florida State down here. Um, it it ain't Seminole Hard Rock Stadium anymore, my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know, let me read you in on the joke. So Miami Stadium is called Hard Rock Stadium. Basically, right next door is the Seminole Rock, Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. The Seminole Tribe of Florida owns Hard Rock. Correct. Or at least that branch of it. No, um, they own the whole company. Really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I wow. took a co- I, I took a college class at Florida State on uh, on uh, Seminole history, so. Real seminal history, not football history. Right. Um, by the way, speaking of seminals, Bobby Bowden, feel better. Um, I'm glad he's out of the hospital. Um, the man is a treasure. Um, I grew up an FSU fan, so yeah. despite the fact that I'm a UCF fan through and through, I still have a teeny little bit of love in my heart for <laughs> FSU. Ah, uh, Freddie. Was this a seminal moment in the rivalry? <laughs> Nicely done. I should have sound effects like like on the radio programs. I should have sound effects tied to my keyboard and just like hit like different really like get laser shots. You know. That oh, that'll be yeah. our next I don't know. That'll like be our that. next step. That'll be our next step. <laughs> just go full on trashy radio on, on this show. Hopefully if we if we get enough uh if we get enough sponsorship money from Mustang, and here's Eleanor. Big Papa Dumps with the weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hopefully, if we get enough uh, advertising money from new.loots.com, thanks Mustang Eleanor. If we get enough advertising money from them, maybe we'll be able to afford a soundboard. Yeah, um, sponsor us so we can get more entertainment for you heathens. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but to to follow through on that joke. Seminole own Hard Rock, so Florida State Seminoles own Hard Rock Stadium. Haha, <laughs> very funny. All right. Um, now your nights. The drama. Now to my nights. The, the, the breaking I, up. The they're not a family anymore. They're they're they're, they're mad at each other. Yeah, I've from I've a been, kicker of all things. Well, let me start off by saying. 
anyone who's blaming Obarski, the kicker, go screw yourselves. It was not on him. He was put in a he was put in an awful position. The longest the longest field goal that he tried this year was 33 yards. This one was from 40, and he had not kicked an entire field goal all game. All he did were extra points, which that's about as easy it gets. It's straight down the middle from I think like seven, uh, like 20 yards out. I, I I don't know exactly. Like it's tough to miss a field goal in college football, and so. Or extra point, right? Yeah. Sorry. So he was on the don't talk, far. Don't talk to me about missed field goals. So. Well, let's say this: <laughs> as much of a, as as much of a bust as he was in the NFL, uh, Aguayo was a stud at. Oh no! But before that, you know. Oh, you mean wide left and wide right? Yeah, the infamous. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um. But anyways, back to UCF. So, Right. First off, Dylan Gabriel is a beast. Holy shit. You know, I thought, you know, Mackenzie Milton was going to be our best quarterback in... was already our best quarterback in history, and I thought we were never going to top him anytime soon. Turns out we were able to get someone as good as him and possibly better depending on how his career goes one season later holy moly the kid threw for over 600 yards 600 Mm. that's ridiculous no one throws that many yards he said he had two 90-plus yard passing plays, which set the first and fourth biggest in program history. Um, like, there, there's not much else to say about how Dylan Gabriel played. He played basically a perfect game as much as you can. I don't know what his QBR was, but... I would be surprised if it was anywhere, if it wasn't anywhere short, if it was anywhere, I wouldn't be surprised if it was anywhere remotely close to a perfect QBR. Um, offense was clicking on most cylinders. Um, they cut out the shit of the false start penalties from the past, uh, from the previous two games. Um, they were deadly. I mean... You don't score 49 points uh, without having some sort of something going. The defense was another thing. And, look, Memphis is a fantastic team. They made it to – they were the uh, group of five representative in the New York – in year six last year. Uh, coached – well, this, in the season, they were coached by Nor- Mike Norvell, lost to Penn State in the Cotton Bowl. Um And two hundred eight point one. That was his QBR. 
yeah it's almost as high as the HyperX alloy keyboard look at that guys you guys want that i got one of these fancy gaming keyboards i don't use it because i play old video games all the time and use a piece actual controller but it's a super nintendo controller but other people do that on gaming they play like overwatch and i don't know far cry <laughs> things like that so get that get that HyperX alloy keyboard right it can go great with your your astro gaming uh headphones and and what else? What other gaming stuff have we pe- have we peddled, guys? I don't even remember. The Star Trek Discovery to be at your computer board. <laughs> yeah, you can have it surrounded or by your Star Trek figurines while while uh, while you're playing Fall you Guys. You could use the alloy cast, for Fall Guys. Yeah, <laughs> your die your diecast model Eleanor Mustang from 1971. Yeah, there you go. Get all that. Spend the money. Contribute to the economy. You're worth it. Yeah, you're worth it. You're you're two. You're worth it. Just like that two eight point one QB rating. It's kind of like L'Oreal because you're worth it. <laughs> All right. Um. So, defense was another issue, which is, it's weird. I, I feel like the team is kind of like whack a mole right now. <laughs> um. You know, you hit down one issue and another one pops up. Um, offense was really not an issue uh, the first two games against uh, Texas Tech and ECU, especially not against ECU, although ECU is in a real downturn right now. Memphis, or against Tulsa, we still scored over 30 points, which is kind of a football whack-a-mole, exactly. Um, you know, we sk- still scored over 30 points, which is kind of par for the course now. Um, we had a, a huge streak of games with 30 plus, uh, 30 plus points. We actually set the record, if I remember correctly. Mm. Um, yeah, it went through... Um, actually, the game that ended at Francisco, you and I watched together, was the Cincinnati game in your old yeah. office. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was, the, that was the game that broke the streak. So we had been... That was one of the few days i saw sadness in your eyes yeah that was that was not fun that was not bar related (laughs) um but the offense was not really clicking and then more importantly they kept getting all these freaking offside uh false start penalties and they just could not establish a rhythm because they would get a few plays going and then they would get a false start so they fixed that issue last week against Memphis. But the defense had a few uh, penalties as well. We got up near 100 100 penalty yards again, which is not great, but it's an improvement over 120 that we were getting the past couple of weeks. Um, Defense was getting burned a lot. Um, It's so weird because our defensive coordinator, Randy Shannon, is is usually pretty good at second half uh, adjustments. Oh, that's a familiar name. Yeah, we can't say yeah. that name. <laughs> okay, how about how about Shandy Rannon? Okay, yeah. Uh, so our defensive coordinator, Shandy Rannon, is usually really good at second half adjustments. Um, you know, go back and look at his record in 2018-2019. Uh, uh, you know, we give up a decent amount of points in the first half, and then 
just shut everything down in the second half, um, which was great. We could always kind of expect it, but it just was not there uh, the past couple of weeks and died at seven. Francisco will understand. Okay. I'm still on Mario. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I... It's... It's weird. Uh, you know, like I said, I, winning is... Uh, losing is to be expected. Uh, every team loses eventually. Um, but I don't know. We'll have to see how the rest of the season goes. Um, I don't want to take any way, anything away from Memphis. They're a hell of a team. Um, in some ways, it's good that we're starting to lose a bit because it shows that the the AAC, the whole conference, is starting to come up, which is great because a lot of people think that across the board, the AAC is better than one, maybe two of the Power Five conferences as a whole. Um, like, the um, prior to this year, we'll see how things turn out, but the the ACC is basically Clemson and that's it. Um, and I, for all intents and purposes, I am not considering Notre Dame because this is just a one-off, most likely. But the AAC is basically, uh, the ACC is basically Clemson and that's it. Um, although North Carolina has been coming on strong, so we'll see. And then the Pac-12 is pretty weak um, when you average everything out. A lot of people think that the American is the fourth or uh, fifth best FBS conference right now. So the fact that we're starting to see a resurge, uh, we're starting to see Memphis, Cincinnati, um, maybe Tulsa, we'll see, because they took uh, a highly ranked Oklahoma State to the wire. Um, beat us. Uh, we'll see how the rest of their season goes, but you know Cincinnati is close to the top ten right now. I think they're number eight, perhaps. Um, SMU is also doing really well. Like I could just go and go on and on and on. Our we are pretty well rounded across the board, which is great, and we're getting a bit more recognition because of it in the polls. Um, but if if we lose well, I can accept that. But we've there's just been there's something going on. And case in point, as Francisco alluded to earlier, was the uh, the kerfuffle between uh, quarterback Kawadri Jones and kicker Daniel Obarski. Um, in the Frost era, 20, uh, 2016, 2017, and really even going into twenty eighteen first year under uh, Heupel, the team was very close-knit. You know, people always say, you know, the team is a family, but there was something about those teams, um, the ones that were mostly crafted and recruited by Frost, there was something about them that really tied them close together, and it was was something very different about them. so to see it kind of ripping apart at the seams a little bit is it's saddening because 
that more than anything, I mean, winning is nice, but to see kind of, it was like real brotherhood with those guys. Uh, to see that kind of falling apart a little bit is, is kind of saddening. I'm hoping, and then on top of that, the team is getting very lack of discipline. They're starting to do a lot of unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, roughing penalties, hits out of bounds. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully things will turn around in terms of a discipline point of view, in terms of a, a closeness point of view, because... You know that that hurts a lot even more than than losing the Memphis game. So yeah. we'll we'll see how that how that turns around. And coincidentally speaking, I was just talking about SMU. Do you guys know what the SMU uh, nickname is? Um, no. The we died and then we came back again. I don't know. The SMU Mustangs. Just like oh. our sponsor, Mustang Eleanor. Oh, Build I thought you meant like. One... Oh, yeah, you said nickname, not, not uh, uh, team. Uh, no. I thought team you meant name. like uh, like a like a fan team name or whatever. Like oh. no team name, the SMU nick, uh, team name. We're the Zombie Horses. We're. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, the, mu- uh, the Mustangs, just like Mustang Eleanor. Thank yeah. you, Mustang Eleanor, there for sponsoring the stream. I see how you tied that in. All right, so uh, and then I did some some of the top twenty five games that happened. Uh, Bama beat Georgia, adding to the misery of some people in Atlanta. And actually, some of them cheered for Georgia Tech, so they're even more miserable. So even better for me. Uh, Of course, uh, UNC lost to my Seminoles. Auburn lost to the game penises. Um, Right. (laughs) So that that happened. Uh, Tennessee... A futile college football program. Mm-hmm. Just, he's like, oh, we're back. We're back, baby. Nah, you guys aren't back. You lost to Kentucky. You lost to a basketball school. You know, that happened. And then our, our beloved Raging Cajuns lost to Coastal Carolina. Go Shots. So- oh, and get this. So, Coastal Carolina, which is um, the Chanticleers, which is named after a character in a poem that I do not remember the name of, nor the author. Did we talk um, about it? Chaucer? Was it like a, a Canterbury Could have been Chaucer, yeah. Or something like that? Okay. Um, there we go. Thank you, Freddie. Chaucer. Um, well, first off, they have an awesome feel. Canterbury Tales. Okay. Rock-a-doodle-doo main character. <laughs> Ah, yes. Chaucer uh, adopted it from a, a cartoon movie. Uh, truly the, the high point of cartoon uh, cartoon classiness. Um, so first off, they have an awesome, awesome field. It's teal, like their right. main color. Mm-hmm. But they are also ranked in the AP poll for the first time in program history. Wow. There you go. So I will say this, even though this year has been just absolutely insane and same goes for college football though there's going to be a little bit more normality if you will because the Big Ten uh, is starting back up and I think the other leagues are going to be starting up again uh, other conferences are going to be starting up again pretty soon okay. um, 
but one thing it's done is it's a lot allowed a lot of the group of five teams to get a lot more noticed and a lot more um, recognition. Screen time. Screen time. Um, so in a, in that regard, it's good. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have never heard of Coastal Carolina before. You know, they've never heard of Louisiana. Uh, you know, App State. People know App State because of the Michigan game, but um, Arkansas State. You know, there are these teams that have been popping up in the polls and getting prime time uh, showing. BYU. Yeah, is another one. Uh, they're having their best season since uh, probably the 1980s when they were the, uh, I think, the last non-power team to win a consensus national championship. Notice I say consensus. Okay. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. And then just a quick uh, listing of the games for this week uh, for our respective teams. FIU plays Friday night at home against Jacksonville State. Uh, UCF faces Tulane at home, 2 p.m. On, 2 p.m. on Saturday. FAU plays at number 22 Marshall at 2.30 on I don't know what channel. And Miami is playing uh here in Miami at eight o'clock against Virginia. The last time that the last time that Virginia was in Hard Rock Stadium was last season when they played Florida in the 2019 Orange Bowl, which and you I were attended. there too. And that is how I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I, well, I can get. Oh wait, and then Florida State. I totally forgot about you guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot about them too. So don't worry. Um, Florida State. You were playing at Louisville uh, Saturday at noon on ESPN3. So you might get good. You know, listen, if you can beat Louisville, you get the rankings. Now that you're at 3-3, you beat the top five team or number five team. You know, they have to give something with that, right? Yeah. And I want to steal your brain real quick, Andrew, because I know who's coming back, Big Ten and Pac-12? Uh. Pac-12's in a few more days, uh, but Big Ten is this weekend. So what are they going to do about the rankings in the bowl games? Because all that love for Coastal Carolina, the Raging Cajuns over Louisiana Tech means nothing when favoritism comes into play, and they end up playing. They're not going to play as many games as the other um, college programs, right? Right. They're not going to force it. So are you going to have it, say, on the average, what, 7-5 schedule versus something that's Six and three? Are they going to weigh those those schedules and everything else? Because then it really just seems that there's a bit of unfairness. And mind you, it's college football, so everything that is done is unfair and prejudicial, unless it's Bama related. Um, well, I'm just I curious if you had that, that information. I was about to get to that, Freddie. Um, so the NCAA or whoever runs it decided to eliminate the bowl eligibility. Uh, record requirement for this season. Okay. I don't know how the hell that's going to work um, because you know, what's to stop Nebraska from getting into such bowl even if they go oh and whatever the hell their number of games they're playing. Uh, I mean, 
But the, the NBA let the Washington Wizards into the bubble, so, you know. Right, but the problem, though... <laughs> well, haha, very funny. Um, Bulls type invite teams, teams don't invite themselves, right. Mm. So that's going to leave a lot of G5 teams in the lurch, because, um, I mean, the, the positive... Well, see, how Bulls work is they have, they have conference tie-ins. Uh, I'll, I'll make this quick because I know that we want to get on to other stuff. But they have conference tie-ins. Like, for instance, the just off the top of my head, the Rose Bowl um, is the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, with some exceptions. Um, in the instance, and in there are instances where a conference will not have enough teams to put to that bowl. Um, you know, let's say a conference has eight slots, um, but they only have seven teams that are bowl eligible. So what that means is that another team from another conference will be able to fill into that slot. Um, so since they're eliminating bowl, re bowl eligibility requirements, that means that basically any of those uh, outside teams, if you will, are not going to get bowl eligibility. Um, and unfortunately, a few bowls have canceled for this year. Um, I know the Bahamas Bowl canceled. Um, a few others canceled. I don't know them off the top of my head. But the... So a lot of teams that maybe would have been uh, allowed in are not going to get in. Uh, which is unfortunate, and understandably, most of those are going to be teams that are in the G5. So, um, it'll be weird if, for some reason, Nebraska gets into a bowl game. Oh, <laughs> hmm. uh, goodness gracious. Uh, so anyway, uh, did that kind of answer your question, Charles? To a degree. I mean, I, I get the concept that there's the tie-in, and I know Freddie's saying that they don't necessarily get invited, but I still feel that the best thing it's going to do is put the prolific or noticeable teams out there, whether it be region or elsewhere, um, onto your TV screen. Because you get something like Coastal Carolina, the only thing I know is they got a former Titans running back by the name of, oh, Chris Johnson, CJ2K, <laughs> or is that a different... I think it's the exact one. I, I know I'm old. But I'm just saying that there's always a lick of biases, but I'm very curious of how they're going to proceed with it because my idea is that it's not so much for even the Bulls. I think we should go bigger. What about any kind of, you know, the the um, college football national championship, how they're going to do those rankings too? Because are you going to have a team that has played less games be in the playoffs for the college football playoffs? Think on that because who happens to be starting late? them Big Ten teams, the Ohio States, you know, Michigan, blah, 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 blah. So I'm just seeing if I can make a conspiracy theory out of this or it's just me. Uh, it's not really a conspiracy theory. I mean, everyone's thinking it. Um, all right, that's a good start to the game. Base hit from uh, Yandy Diaz. Sorry, I have the, I have the World Series on. Uh, so you might see me get a bit distracted, but anyway, um, 
the I know that the uh, the CFP, the College Football Playoff Committee, they're not going to start their rankings for a lot later. I think it's going to be like the end of the mid uh, mid of uh, November. They usually start uh, a lot earlier, but they're going to wait a long while to get a better grasp of what the uh, Big Ten, Pac-12, and I guess technically the MAC and the uh, Mountain West, but they're never going to get ranked because the whole thing is a cartel. Um, although they say that all 130 teams, I, 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 I digress because I could talk about that forever. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, games played to be used as a tiebreaker. I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. No one knows what the hell is going to happen. Um, so it, it we'll just have to... I don't think anything is going to be really known until <laughs> the end of the season. This has just been so insane. All right, then. All right, well, we're, we're at a halfway point. You with the technical difficulties, so let's let's move on to our word from our non-sponsors. We got our people, we got our places, we got our things that we've been enjoying over the past week. I haven't been enjoying Comcast's internet lately, but you know, uh, we, we're gonna harp on the stuff that we did like. So, who wants to start this week? I'll start. Mm-hmm. My non-sponsor, although I guess kind of in a sense it is my sponsor. Hmm. is a certain Charles. Me? Yay! <laughs> and Charles, I think you know the reason why. I I assume so, but for shooter. everybody out there who do not know, there's no whitey righty involved between Andrew and I. Right, correct. Uh, <laughs> the, the incredible Charles here, um, Charles the True, Yes. Um, made a bet with me in a sense. Um, he said, Andrew, if the Rays beat the Astros, I will get you a Rays hat. I do not own a Rays hat currently. Um, and up until recently, I didn't own a Tampa Bay Lightning hat because only uh, a friend of mine from law school gave me one, which was very nice of him. Uh, and I, I treasure it because that's my only sort of Tampa sports memorabilia. Um, Charles here was very kind enough to make that uh, make that bet, and uh, thankfully the Rays came through, and now I will be getting a Tampa Bay Rays hat. And he, I guess, in a sense, it's a sponsorship because it does require money, but I I very much appreciate it, and I will treat that hat with uh, tender loving care. We can sponsor eBay, who is where I purchased it from. For the fun backstory is that I was definitely terrified that the baseball guys were going to betray me and have the Astros win with that arrogance of Carlos Correa and everybody else there, just not caring about the dirty deeds that they did. And the Astros are my only hope because the Dodgers choke. They're probably going to be choking tonight. It's just what they are. They're Los Angeles chokers. And I was just terrified. But the fun part is, because of course Andrew doesn't say this portion, is that in the group chat, are you sure? Are you sure you're willing to do this? And I think there was the the uh, yawn 
the yawn that I sent at you, and I think that motivated you. So I hope you like it. I hope it's uh, the, the size that fits, and, you know, wear with happiness. It's hot as hell these days. You go, buddy. Thank you, Ray, for uh, preventing that, too. So there you go. Um, well, Charles, since you're the non-sponsor, you get to come up with the promo code. Um, oh, ooh. so many things I can say, but promo code the true. That's okay. Follow us on Twitter, Charles the True, F J O O J R, you know, and Daphri Holes, and of course Sports Scoops. There, I brought it all together. Yay! Okay, I guess I'll go next. Well, uh, guys, I, I mean, I was, uh, I was enjoying. Uh, Sunday was a really good day. The Dolphins won handedly over uh, Mr. Crazy Eyes, Adam Gase, and the New York Jets. The Braves' misery happened on that day as well. You were still riding the high of Florida State winning. That's true as well. Florida State did the thing, and they didn't. They didn't. uh, They didn't let it go. It was. It was a great weekend, man. It was. I gamed. I played some video games and stuff like that, man. Uh, Um. So, uh, but, uh, guys, uh, uh, this is going to be, well, it's a non-sponsor, so of course it's going to be random. Uh, it's not food. Oh. It's not It's not video games this week. <gasps> oh, my oh. God. I'm going to give my non-sponsor to a species. Can we do okay. that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's I, I don't see why not. There's yeah, no, there's, not. I don't think, I'm looking through the rule book here and I don't see anything I, against it. I'm giving I, to a species of birds, the domestic canary. Oh, All right. Okay. So I think maybe, I would say two months ago, or maybe, I don't even know now at this point. It's 2020, time does, has no meaning. In any case, yes, a bird, all right? It's not just about getting your, your die-cast models, even though you can put one in a birdcage if you want to and just have it poop you, all over it. You can name your bird Eleanor. Yeah, you get a, the Eleanor Mustang to be specific, but yeah, a species of bird, the domestic canary. Like guys, I, I used to have a canary. Uh, he unfortunately died in law school. Oh. Um, when uh, I wasn't there, my da- my dad gave me the call. Uh, it's or was it my dad or my sister? I forgot. I forgot who it was at this point. I was in, I was in the parking garage at FIU and I just bawled my eyes out. Um, because I loved, his name was Sonny, he was a great bird, um, one of the lasting connections to my dog Caesar, who died prior to that, uh, they used to get along, and so, um, you know, I just, I still have my two other dogs, Osito and Brownie, that live in my parents' place, but, uh, here, uh, I, my uncle had a dog, Rocky, passed away last year, um, so we've had no animals for quite some time, all right? And that was a bit of a bummer so far. Um, uh, and the canary was at my parents' home while I was in law school. So, um, so, uh, uh, but I I had trained him. I had like he he would he would just be out and about. He was he wasn't in a cage. He was just out and about in the house. You know, he pooped all over the place. But that's what I mean. He's a bird. Birds do that. That's what birds do. Um, but you know he was smart he would eat with us he would he had a personality and everything like that and so one day a couple of months ago my uncle comes home and he brings a bird and it's a canary 
the young male canary, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I walked into the kitchen one day, and I was I'm like, that's different. That's a bird. <laughs> I'm like, uh, where, what, what's this? He's like, yeah, I got a bird now. I'm like, oh, okay. We've got a little aquarium too as well. But, but I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, that's cool. And lo and behold, over time, you know, I've been stuck inside the house most of this year now, as long as a lot of other people. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to see what I can do with this bird. So I start, it's, it's afraid of me. Birds are going to be afraid of you at one point. So, uh, unless, well, some birds aren't like geese. Geese are, are, are evil, but, um, uh, yes. Um, uh, get on untitled goose game, by the way. It's a, it's a fun romp. In any case, uh, I, I start training, uh, I start little by little, just trying to get it to get used to me. Of course, the, the, the great equalizer is food. You, know, you start Indeed. feeding, you start feeding something. It'll start liking you, all right? It's like the, the, the evil dog. Just starts chucking steaks at it, and it'll eventually become friendly. So that's what I did with this bird. Uh, not with steaks, but with, you know, food and stuff, giving it seeds and things like that, uh, bananas and things. And suddenly, over time, the bird started getting a little more confidence, getting a little swag to him, a little swagger to his flying. I let him out of the cage. He starts getting used to that. I have to chase him down, try and get him back in, and but eventually he starts getting used to being outside of the cage. And and uh, and today was a breakthrough, of all breakthroughs. So the bird likes to come near me when I'm eating my my sandwiches. Uh, t- specifically, I had Firehouse subs today, uh, with ketchup on it, uh, Charles. All right, oh my God. like a heathen. What, what kind of sub center? <laughs> I got the engineer, the one with the mushrooms and the. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, it's a good one. I love it. Um, the 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 mushrooms and the Swiss cheese and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, the bird comes near me while I'm eating my sandwich, and I toss some some bread and some lettuce. Uh, but today I was uh, I was like walking around. I was on the phone, uh, just talking, and and I was like. I wasn't even motioning towards the bird. I was just kind of in my own, in the conversation. The bird flies onto my hand without any provocation, with no food, nothing like that. It was just like there. It just, just to chill out. I'm like, oh my God, a breakthrough. And so I just had to have him be my non-sponsor. Just the species itself, the canary, man. They're, they're smart birds. All right. They're small and you, you can deal with them. Uh, they're they're not that noisy. Uh, yeah, they have nice singing. You kind of, uh, I, I I I I love these things, man. Uh, get get yourself a bird, a canary. Um, uh, promo code uh, engineer sub at firehouse. <laughs> <laughs> People are gonna be like, how is a bird and this connected? Well, they would have to listen to your snippet then. There you go. Um, right. I have I have kind of two. One's you know one's just more of a shout out, but I, I'm just gonna do it as a non-sponsor for for the humor of it, and then the other one's there. So, for the first one is unlike you, I always kind of go fru- food first for my non-sponsors. And boys, boy, I had a long day today. Breakfast at like six in the morning was my Cheerios. I love me some Honey Nut Cheerios. It's up there in the rankings. Go listen to our draft special as Francisco and I really dissect food, breakfast, cereal, and everything in between. Um, for lunch, I had a 
itty bitty little sandwich. You know, I had a I had a crazy day. I had court on both in the morning and the afternoon, so I wasn't necessarily able to truly enjoy myself. I had to run to go get my new, you know one of my old jackets tailored, so I had to go drive around to the alterating lady and all that stuff. So when I'm like, ah, I don't really know what I want for dinner, and I was hungry, gentlemen. I was hungry. I didn't know. I, you know, I love the show, but sometimes dinner time for this boy isn't 9.30, and sometimes it is very sad. Fam's like, hey, guess what we're picking up? I'm like, ooh, what are you guys picking up? And, like, we got the bucket. I'm like, you got the bucket? They're like, we got the bucket. So KFC has, like, this $30 <laughs> deal where it's the bucket, but you can also not just get the bone, but you can also get the tenders with, you know, the mashed potatoes and then everything else in between. I was like, this is the greatest day of my life. I <laughs> ate three of them tenders. I had some mashed potatoes. I had me my little – I, I got to tell you, their, uh, their biscuits or whatever it is, it's just delicious. When you want it, I'm, I'm just mouth-watering because I know I got some leftovers after. Three was enough for me. I need five. Uh, forget the diet. It's Tuesday. I never exercise on Tuesday. It's okay as I'm trying to do Mario 35 <laughs> in the background. But it was just so good, so delicious, really just fits what you need after a long – not a bad day, folks, but just a day – a day to break the monotony KFC does that for you and this is what without even me thinking because uh, I haven't had some good chicken in a while I know I had some PDQ the other day but it's not chicken chicken it's chicken tenders but it's not chicken on the bone kind of taste and I was like mm, when I got that kernel when I got them kernel kisses as I call them you know, <laughs> I, was like, I was like this is the greatest day of my life so that's that one for me KFC as always who you sponsored in the past or my fat ass has sponsored the past because if you think I'm making it a 50 I got bad news for you you know here's the thing you know when we're doing sports scoops episode 500 you know there's going to be the reunion episode because of course there'll be the breakup and it'll be like oh we made bygones be bygones because charles's cholesterol finally caught up to him it's because of kfc all right so promo code uh colonel's kisses on there and then the other one which is kind of like a non-sponsor but also a shout out because i find humor in life and i find humor in what we do as attorneys, and um, I had a client. I should have probably done this for the real MVP, but sometimes that segment doesn't always happen, so it's like my pseudo both, right? So it was a client that's really the other attorney that I works with client, but we both had hearings at the same time for a virtual Zoom hearing, and um, we show up, and I'm logging in. He's logged in. Judge is all set up. It's going for there, and this one was like 76 years old, um, and all you hear in the background is, boy, such and such, her attorney, who is my colleague, is not as handsome as the younger attorney. So it was like a oh. shout out to me. And I was like, I'm like, I'm like, you, I'm like that, that makes your day sometimes. I'm like, I don't know if you're wearing glasses. You know, you old, you old lady. I hope I don't know if the cataracts have hit you yet. You know, I thought, you know, when we go to court, you tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, not a lie. So we should arrest you for penalty of perjury. You know. But uh, you are appreciated as both my non-sponsor and, uh, you know, the real MVP coming in there. And, you know, you know, Charles, that would be admissible in court. You want to know why? It wouldn't be hearsay because it was for the truth of the matter asserted. Well, no, the, in Florida, hearsay is never accepted. But um, poor Andrew just came back from the bar exam, guys, and I just broke his spirit. No, no, no. It's you Listen, you can't tell a lie, right? You swear under oath. But uh, that's my, my non-sponsor about naming names, sweet old lady. I don't know if she's sweet. She's not really my client, but I, I still give big ups on that and my real MVP promo code, uh, promo code handsome young attorney. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a good one. I like that one. 
Mm-hmm. All right, boys. We're on to the second half of the show. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about hockey. All right. So Charles put, put some put some attention on that Super Mario Thirty Five. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm at now level twenty five. There you go. Be proud All of right. me. All right then. So uh, just a little bit about uh, free agency. Of course, the NHL draft happened during our show. We saw some of it a little bit, or or mentioned some of it. But I don't, I don't care about that. I don't care about prospects. All right. Uh, talk to me when you're at the show. In any case, NHL free agency hit, and there's some movers and shakers. Uh, my Panthers did some things. I'm liking the direction so far, but it's the Panthers, so something might go horribly wrong anyways. Uh, Andrew doesn't care because his team won the Stanley Cup. so Well, I do care a bit. A, li- a little bit, but even then, you guys well, did it. So I, I care a lot of it because we're going to be losing a lot of awesome players from our team because we're in cap hell. But in any Um, case, that's why it was crucial that we won this year because this was the end of our, I don't want to say window because we still have a pretty strong team. Right. But you know, we're going to be losing as constituted will not be the same. Correct. We're, we're going to be losing a few players and it's, it's sad. So that's why, that's part of the reason why last year was so disappointing because, you know, we thought, oh, man, this is going to be the year. We, we, you know, we've got our shot. You know, the window is almost closed, uh, but we, we got it done eventually, and, you know, that makes it all worth it in the end, I suppose. All right, then. So uh, I'm just going to highlight some big gets here. Uh Mainly defensemen that were getting paid this um, this time around, and 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 and, and, and the reason why Andrew, you should know, defensemen are probably aside from a goalie, like one of the hardest things to develop in the NHL. Just, that is correct. Just being a defenseman takes years upon years of uh, a lot of guys are just buried in the AHL for quite some time until they can finally make it to the NHL around uh, like they're drafted at 18 and they spend like five, six years in the minors before they, they hit the NHL around 24 or something like that. So it's... And I think, I think part of the reason for that is that there are fewer defensemen on a roster. Would you, would well, you say? Well, well, yeah, I mean, there's fewer defensemen on a roster, but of course you just need so many reps and you, you need to get used to the game speed because, I mean, forwards are just getting faster every single year, it seems like. Right. So, uh, you know, <laughs> as a defenseman, you got to learn how to skate backwards for sure, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and keep up with those guys. And, of course, uh, just dealing with the chaos that is a National Hockey League game. Um, but... Uh, this season, man, uh, big one so far, Alex Petrangelo. Uh, he's leaving St. Louis, going off to Vegas. The Golden Knights, seven years, $61 million. So that that was the big get for the Knights. Uh, Tory Krug, uh, the, the, <laughs> it seems like the Blues lost a guy, but they, they gained a guy as he moves from Boston, another defenseman, Boston over to St. Louis. For another seven years, forty-five million. So, uh, I guess what uh, looked like the Blues weren't going to keep Petrangelo, and the Knights were going to go for him. 
Another defenseman, TJ Brody, moving from Calgary on over to Toronto. Five years, twenty-one or twenty million dollars. And then uh, here, an actual Ford, uh, the big one. I think this this offseason so far, a left winger Taylor Hall. Mm. Yeah, he leaves Arizona. He's heading on over to Buffalo, but. Uh, people are like, "Oh man, Buffalo! You're not gonna, <laughs> you're gonna continue the uh, the futility there." As he's uh, had a very unfortunate uh, NHL career with regards to the teams that he's been on, not being able to uh, to find much success. In any case, he's off to Buffalo. I think as a a one year deal. I'm sure the the Sabers are doing this as a ploy. To try and entice Jack Eichel to stay there, because we we know that there's frustrations in Buffalo, uh, another city that's also futile in sports. And Eichel, uh, if I, I would assume, if nothing improves in Buffalo, it doesn't matter how much money they try and throw at him, he's gonna bolt. Because uh, for him, I would see. Because I mean, you look at Connor McDavid and Edmonton. The Oilers are trying to do what they can, but they're not finding success. I'm sure Eichel would be like, "I'm not signing here long term, unless something happens here. But if not, I'm out. I'm going someplace else." That's what I think. What's happening with Hall? Hall gets a one year deal only, so it's kind of like a hey, let's let's see what Buffalo's all about, <laughs> and he can kind of. Uh, have a good season, and, and probably uh, see if he can earn an even bigger contract to go someplace else. Something I would assume if the Sabers are out of it, uh, he will be traded mid-season, so he'll be a good trade chip for the Sabers. So that might also be worth it for them. And if Eichel's unhappy, they could trade both of them, and the Sabers can start over. But a lot of goalie movement. Andrew, your favorite position. Yep. Jacob Markstrom had a great season in Vancouver. Had a uh, a great uh, playoff until he got injured. Um, but then, of course, the Sabres, or not the Sabres, but the Canucks, had a backup goalie, rookie that almost got them uh, close to the promised land at the very least. Uh, so uh, Markstrom, uh, moving from Vancouver on over to Calgary, six years, thirty-six million dollar deal. So he's gonna buy a lot of uh, die-cast Eleanor Mustang models for sure. Matt Murray, moving from Pittsburgh on over to Ottawa. I don't know what they're doing up in Ottawa, but it seems like a lot of players are liking it. Some some guys are signing on over there. Uh, Evgeny Dadunov from the Panthers, he's leaving and heading on over to Ottawa as well. I guess changing back to their old logo might have enticed some guys to go over there. I have yeah. no idea. But uh, it's kind of weird. I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the, the, the Senators had a good uh, more or less season, you would say, uh, as far as the rebuild is concerned. So there, there might be some guys who want to sign on and and see where it goes. All right, so uh, Kudobin, he stays in Dallas. He's he's, he's going to stay there. They they're going to see uh, 
They'd be crazy not to keep him with that right. postseason you just had. Yeah, they're they're gonna keep him on there. He's a, he's an older goalie, yes, but uh, might as well uh, roll the dice on another season and see if maybe they can they can do it in twenty twenty one. Cam Talbot moves from Calgary to Minnesota. Braden Holtby moves on over from DC on over to Vancouver. So the Canucks. Moving on from Markstrom, but they get a solid goaltender for a team that looks like they're on the up and up. I like Vancouver's squad. I like what they've done with their rebuild. It looks like they're ready to try and take it to the next level and hope he's a seasoned goaltender. He's got a Stanley Cup. I like the move. So you got a veteran back there. Uh, Corey Crawford, another Stanley Cup winning goalie. Moving from Chicago on over to New Jersey. Uh, The Devils had a horrible season. Last year, we'll see what happens with this. Thomas Grice moves from New York to Detroit. Uh, he was the backup over there with the Islanders. Um, was it uh, Mike Smith? He's still playing. <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, believe it or not, he's still playing. And he moves on over to Edmonton. So uh, the Oilers did a thing, but... Uh, He's an old goaltender. I don't know what. I, I don't. I have no idea why, but sure. And then, of course, the the one one of the guys that uh, is on that list of guys that we want to see win a championship before he retires, Henrik Lundqvist. He's uh, going to be moving on from the New York Rangers team he played for his entire career, and he's going on over to DC with the Capitals. I think it's a one year deal, so it's just uh, let's see how this works out. Uh, the Capitals are a good team. It might be a good chance for him to see if he can win a Stanley Cup, but the Rangers are done with them. Even though the Rangers are also uh, pretty close to finishing their rebuild. but Is that a rivalry, Rangers and um, Capitals? Because I remember like in the mid-2000s, early like 2010s, there were some playoff matches, I believe. Yeah. but. I don't know how deep a rivalry is in a sport that I think everybody just hates, like the Penguins. It's not a rivalry between them. They've had playoff uh, matches against each other, but it's not a rivalry in the sense that you would have Washington versus Pittsburgh. That that was a rivalry. Or um, uh, Washington versus Pittsburgh or or the the Islanders versus the Rangers. Something like that is a is more of a rivalry, but they they're, they're in the same division though, so um, they will clash every now and then. But it's it's not a rivalry in in the pantheon of the NHL. And uh, yeah, eight eight more months, Freddie, until the Seattle Kraken have their expansion draft. I, I feel a lot more confident as a Panthers fan. And remember, this, this free agency is kind of weird. All right, it's kind of weird because we all know that. That's going to happen. So you do not want to sign on guys that cannot be moved. And you want to make sure that you have enough flexibility in order to protect the players that you do want to keep so that Seattle doesn't pick them off. And guys that you really do not want on your team anymore, expiring contracts, guys that are just albatross contracts, what have you. Uh, So for for me... um, the Panthers haven't committed much money. They still have their their albatross contracts, of course. But um, I, I like the 
the way things are going, but I think every GM has to realize uh, what's going to happen in the future, and you do not want to be one of those teams on that list of uh, of who who had a great expansion draft <laughs> because the Panthers were probably uh, probably had an F grade with regards to that with the uh, the Vegas expansion because a lot of their players were significant. And the reason why the Knights made it to the Stanley Cup final in their first season. So, um, so there you go. That's NHL free agency. That's all I got for here, and no, nothing more. Um, any, you got any more input, Andrew? That's it. Not much else to say. Okay. Um, I mean, probably the biggest thing I'd bring up is that uh, Jumbo Joe Thornton is. Oh, that's right. That, that just came out. That's true. Is uh, gone, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah, Joe Thornton. Uh, all that time in in San Jose. I mean, he's what forty, forty one. I'm not even sure anymore. Anyway, he's one of the he's one of the last few players. I think him and Zdeno Chara are the last two, maybe three um, players that have played that also played in the nineties. Yeah. So Joe Thornton, one of the guys on that list of players we want to see win a championship before they go. He signs on with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The futility of Toronto Maple Leafs is also uh, a thing among amongst hockey fans. Uh, the mm. fact that they haven't even been to the Stanley Cup Finals, let alone win it since 1967. I mean, Urinating Tree did a whole, I think his longest video ever. Yeah. 40 some minutes just yeah. on the Toronto Maple Leafs or as he calls them the Ma- or as someone calls them the Maple Laughs and yeah, that's the a laughs. Yeah. the Maple and that was from a, a Leafs fan yeah uh, Charles just to I guess kind of um, it's it's also Toronto fans that have been frustrated too so it's not just the rest of the, uh, at one point somebody threw waffles onto the ice so <laughs> Uh, continuing the tradition of throwing strange things onto the ice in hockey. I can uh, aspire to that kind of petty. Yeah. I wish baseball had that, you know? It seems like a thing that could happen in baseball, but it just doesn't it, happen. So I don't get it. Let me ask you this. Is it a dick move to throw things onto any kind of sports event, field, ice, or what have you? Well, it's not well, a dick move if it's a tradition. That's one. Because you have the octopi or octopuses, whatever you want to call it, in Detroit. Um, you have the rats in Florida. Uh, you have catfish in Nashville. You just uh, have hats in general for anyone. Yeah, yeah, hat trick, of course. And they throw them in Toronto when someone hits three home runs for the Blue Jays. Um, Makes sense. And uh, let's. But then you have fans. Fans also throw things onto the ice when they're frustrated. So yes, the Leafs fans threw. Uh, Somebody threw a box of waffles onto the ice. That was great. Um, uh, Oilers fans, somebody threw their jersey onto the ice, which is... Like real waffles or waffle fries? No, waffles. Like, you know, like Eggos. Just threw it on. Why would, why would you make the jump to waffle fries from that? Because I... I the sporting Here's event. the thing. Yeah, sporting <laughs> event. You know, and listen, if you serve me waffles, I'm more inclined to actually go to your event more often. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love me breakfast food. Ron Swanson's a spirit animal. It begs the question of waffles <laughs> or pancakes, which I think we've probably talked about on our slower shows, but I revisit debates Ooh. because that's a debate. Wait, um, so this was, okay, so uh, on Saturdays on my other channel, FGOGR on YouTube, whatever, whatever on everything else, uh, Twitch, all that stuff. I play Jackbox. On all things. I play Jackbox uh, party games, and there's a game called Gaspionage where you guess like uh, what percentage of people think this or do this or whatever, and you see what people surveyed say, and you guess the percentage, and and the other people guess whether it's higher or lower than that. So one of the questions was, uh, what uh, what percentage of people prefer waffles over pancakes? And well, the end result is. According to that survey, more people preferred waffles over pancakes. Huh. Which well, I was surprised actually, by, personally, for me. So we can get into this. If you want to get into it, we can get into it right now. Yeah, I mean, let's do it. Yeah. All right, so I like pancakes more. There's a sort of griminess to pancakes that I love. All right. There's Do you certain, say grimy? Yes, a griminess. A, just, just something that makes me feel dirty about eating them, but I love eating them. Okay? They're fattening. It's it's fried cake. Oh, my God, it's Freddy. It's fried batter. Oh, my God. I should have seen that one coming. I go back and forth. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> Freddy oh here my with God. <laughs> continuing on with the puns and the dad jokes. Um, but, yes, uh, uh, you know, just, uh, I don't know, man, just, just sitting there with the pancakes and, and you can peel them off. I can even eat pancakes without the maple syrup. I, I, don't, mind, I don't mind that at all. All right, uh, having pancakes with the with the M and M's in them that's pretty good. With the blueberries in them that's pretty good. Awesome. That's some of the the, the was it the birthday cake pancakes? That's also good too. You got the sprinkles in there. You can do all kinds of things with the pancakes too. Um, but just like that that sort of it's almost like a paste that it turns into when you just put so much maple syrup and it's just like it's just gross guys i'm a fucking pig but i love it uh that that's 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 peak pancakes to me man and it's butter and and a mix of butter and and and, and flour and and friedness and and grease and, and maple syrup that just kind of culminates in your mouth all right it's beautiful, guys. I love that. Look, waffles have their thing. You got they have all the holes and stuff. You got the Belgian waffles. They're they're huge and and stuff. But I don't know, man. Just the griminess of pancakes. For some reason, it does it for me. I don't know. That's just that me. is so weird. But uh, I've never heard them say grimy before. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, your thoughts. Um, well, I know Freddie said this is a joke, um, but actually it, it does depend on my mood, mm. um, whether I want a pancake or a waffle. Um, does it depend on the venue too, that you're eating them at? I think it does. Um, like you're at the Walt Disney World Resort, you're asking for the Mickey Mouse pancakes or are you getting some Belgian waffles? Well, they also have Mickey Mouse uh, waffles. All right, fine. <laughs> Touche. Um, I don't know. If you're at Disney, you got to get something with the Mickey Mouse ears. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I don't know, like when you're saying it like a La Quinta <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I've stayed on um, my fair share of La Quintas. You know, it usually they have a, a waffle maker. Yep. So you naturally have to get waffles. Um, so I don't know. I think I think on average I would have to go with waffles because they retain more syrup. They pocket it. Yeah. Yeah. They're the cargo Swears. shorts. The cargo <laughs> shorts of breakfast food. <laughs> of breakfast foods. Yeah, I. I mean, I will say this: the um, there's a place called the Original Pancake House that has a few locations around South Florida. Um, one of which is probably 15 minutes from my house. Um, it's up on uh, 41st uh, Francisco, if mm. you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, we should go there sometime when things settle down a bit. It's really good. Um, they have these things called 40. Ah, fucking A, the thing went down again. Second time on the row, man. You gotta be effing kidding me. Extremely big. All right, all right. Of... Are you back, Andrew? Can you hear me? Andrew? Andrew? Can anybody we hear can... me? Yes. Yeah, okay. I can hear you. Internet went down a second time, but we're back on. So. I, you were kind of gone there for the last 30 seconds. Hmm. So you're you're at the original Pancake House. That's where that's right. the last thing that I heard. And that okay. nobody else heard. Um, I was saying that we need to go there sometime when things get more normal. Okay. Um, but they have these really good pancakes. You can barely call them pancakes. They're more like crepes, sort of, but they're mm. called pancakes. Um, there are these paper-thin, literally paper-thin um, pancakes that are just, they're the size of like a, like a, like a dining plate, bigger even. Um, you'd think that they wouldn't fill you up, but they really do. Yeah. They, mm. they, what they lack in, in thickness, they more than make up for in width. And they're just absolutely delicious. I highly recommend them. Um, but going back to your point, I mean, I, I, I think if I had to go with what do I crave more often, like I said, it would go back to the waffles because they are the cargo shorts of breakfast food. <laughs> okay. Charles. Ladies, don't hate the fact that we can cram more in there with our, uh, with our cargo pants, all right? <laughs> no, just buy your dresser pockets. It's okay. Um, it's pretty simple for me. I love them both, but it goes to pancakes because of accessibility. Because mm. in my life, it's always either I have had egos for the waffle component or whatever the hell the diner had. You know, there was never a homemade, baby, I made you some waffles. Thanks, Mom. You're great. Or whoever is in my life at that portion. It's always pancakes. You can make pancakes. There's the different variations of the pancakes, you know, there's a lot of things that come into consideration. With waffles, it's always like, hey, Lego my ego, or whatever, and even it, and what I find is if you go to your local Denny's or a breakfast establishment, the deals tend to be more with the pancakes. 
get the pancakes and eggs and everything like that. The waffles, though, is always like a Belgian waffle. Mind you, chicken waffles to this day is still a fantastic premise, and I, I really wish that was more accessible. But it's just accessibility because it's openly available to me, and I love breakfast foods when I do eat it. I go with that. I go with pancakes. Plus, you don't have the International House of Waffles. You don't have... The, well, you do have Waffle House. So I go to Waffle House, not for the waffles, but for their... Uh, their I, and I forgot what it's called, but like their Philly cheese. Like, that stuff is good to me. But then you have you know, the original Pancake House. So you're popular. When you do Denny's, you just think that Grand Slam, man. Your Grand Slam comes into what? Pancakes, eggs. So it's just the forefront. It's not wrong to love waffles. You can go back and forth. You can waffle it through. But, uh, pancake guy. Okay. All right, then. All right, so that's our pancake versus waffle segment of this show. Let's, uh, let's move on here. We're at 141. I actually had some smaller segment stuff, so, uh, let me, let me, let me knock these out of the park real quick. I want to talk about them. Okay. So, uh, let's go with our, what's first here? What do I have here? Right, let's haul y'all. So we, we take a look at our Hall of Famer for last week. So let me find it for me first. Okay. Uh, oh, let me interrupt really quick. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's interested, there's a police chase going on in L.A. right now. Oh, ah, okay. They're currently, well, technically not L.A., it's San Gabriel Valley. But it's around there. Uh, they're currently doing 77 on some highway, and they just went off the highway in the middle of one of those medians. So yeah, check that out if you want to see yet another highway chase in Southern California. But, but hang on to our show before you do that. So, uh, <laughs> Hall of Famer is today's Edrin James. Ooh! There you go. Edrin Tyree James, NFL. Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2020. Running back from the University of Miami. He's from Florida, Emokali, uh, here. And, uh, yeah, he was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts first Is that how it's round. pronounced, Emokali? Well, I don't, I mean. I thought it was Emokali. I have no, well, you know better than me, Andrew. You know that. I don't know. I'll look it up Yeah. later. In any case. He's from there. He was drafted by the Colts. First round, fourth overall in the 1999 NFL Draft. And he did many things. All right, there, you see his numbers there. 12,246 yards. Four-time Pro Bowler. Two-time first-team All-Pro. Two-time second-team All-Pro. 1999 Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's part of the Colts Ring of Honor. I'm sure he's part of honors at the University of Miami as well. I believe he is. Yep. So there you go, guys. I want to get a local guy in there, a guy that uh, that we all recognize, Edron James. And I think he did get his chance at the Super Bowl. He did, but, it, but, not, was... with, but not with the Colts. No, it was with the Cardinals yep. that one year, and he didn't do anything. And I think that's when they also had – and this thing is, Cardinals have had so many bad uh, running backs, but I think that's when they had um, Ellington as well spelling him. But they had somebody, so it was he was really there. But that Super Bowl was just all Anquan Bolden and um, Larry Fitzgerald for yeah. the Cardinals, all that, and Kurt Warner. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah he played three seasons with the Arizona Cardinals, 
and uh, that his final season with the Seattle Seahawks when he played seven games, and that was it for his career. Well, there you go. I forgot he went to the Seahawks to die. Yeah. <laughs> so, but That's the worst chance. for running back. He left Indianapolis in 2005, and then they won the Super Bowl the next season. So, yeah, it's too bad. Oh, and Francisco, you were right. It is Immokalee. Ah, there you go. I was going with Immokalee, with like mock, like mock, or because I kind of said it with an O, like mm-hmm. Immokalee, kind of like a Hispanic Latin sound. <laughs> but uh, there you go. And uh, that, that's it for that. Let's let's move on to better know a minor league team i want to get these out of the way too because i want people to learn about these minor league teams that uh are that evil rob manfred is trying to get rid of all right evil man bad bad man so uh last week i had said there are 42 teams on the chopping block i've covered a couple of them so far now i'm covering another one here so uh minor league team is from Florida, part of the Florida State League, the Daytona Tortugas. Tortugas. The Tortugas, which means turtle in Spanish for all of you uncultured swine out there. So they play in the Florida State League, which is a single-A advanced league. They are the affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. They were formerly... The Daytona Cubs, established in 1993. But once that affiliation ended, they became the Tortugas. Uh, They've won six championships since 1993. They've got a lot of significant players from the Cubs that you might recognize here. Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, Starlin Castro, Kyle Farnsworth, Doug Glanville, Tom Gordon, Jose Molina. Ryan Sandberg and Kerry Wood. Uh, there's hmm. some, some recognizable names there. Once again, they were one of the 42 teams that could be on the chopping block. They play at historic Jackie Robinson Ballpark. And this is where a lot of the trivia comes from for this place. As uh, it's in Daytona Beach, Florida, it is situated on an island. That houses basically just the ballpark, which is pretty cool. Um, it was opened in 1914, and it has a capacity of 4,200 seats. But the reason it's named after Jackie Robinson is because uh, Daytona Beach was the first Florida city that would allow Jackie Robinson to play in spring training while he was uh, part of the Dodgers organization. At the time, he was with their minor league affiliate, the Montreal Royals. And uh, the, uh, the city of Jacksonville, Florida, was too racist to allow him to play there. The city of Sanford, Florida, was too racist to allow him to play there. So the Dodgers called upon Daytona Beach. They allowed him to play there. As a result, Jacksonville lost the Dodgers spring training complex the the Dodgers said F you Jacksonville moved on over to Daytona in 1947 and the Dodgers struck a deal with Vero Beach and in 1948 they moved into Dodger Town longtime home of the Dodgers spring training before they moved on over to Arizona 
And as a result, Jacksonville is now cursed with the Jacksonville Jaguars football team. So there <laughs> the you go. Cursed form of hell. Yes, exactly. And it's a national U.S. historic landmark. So it will not be torn down at any point. So there you go. That's that's what I have for you on the Daytona Tortugas. And now we know why the Jacksonville Jaguars will never win a Super Bowl. All right, so uh, let's go to You Go Girl, where we highlight women in sports, and not just patronizing or pandering here. This is legit respect. We're giving them their damn respect for sure. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Mm-hmm. Today's woman is Doris Burke. Ooh. Yes. All right. Doris Burke, she works for ESPN right now. She went to Providence College. She is a color analyst for basketball on ESPN. And she herself has moved up the ranks little by little, year after year. Okay. All right. She herself can, can afford a HyperX alloy keyboard. That's for sure. Uh, she started in 1990 um, broadcasting the Providence women's basketball team on the radio and then uh, Big East women's basketball teams on TV. In 1996, she was able to call Big East men's basketball games. Uh, and when once the WNBA started, she hopped on to ESPN to broadcast those games too. In 2003... Uh, she became part of ESPN College Best Basketball's A-Team, meaning she was there with Dick Vitale, who had an awesome Sega Genesis game called Dick Vitale's Awesome Babies College Hoops. There's an entire video about it. <laughs> if you want to see that from Scott the Waz, it's pretty funny. Andrew has seen that one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about yeah, Madden, Madden and Dick Vitale, the, the perfect combination. Could you just imagine playing a video game full-time with today, Dick Vitale, though? Because he, he, you know, I won. Sorry. You, hey, <laughs> Dick Vitale, you are an inspiration to us all. Now I never have to play this game again. That's how I felt like Fall Guy. I thought I won it on like the third try. That was okay. The final, not to sidetrack it, the final three when it's just you and two other people, yeah. and they, you really have to screw up. It's so a I don't grind. know if the guy ran out of time. Oh, my hands are sweaty. I definitely burned <laughs> off the calories of the food that I had. I got like 1,100 coins. All right, back to Dick Vitale. Back to what you were saying. Now I can actually be attentive. I, I'll tell you this. that the, When you're in the final three, it is a grind. Like, yeah, you, oh, my God. Like, if you do, like, it's, it's pretty much who's going to screw up first. Who's going to miss a jump? Who's going to accidentally hit an enemy? Who's going to run out of coins so they can't save themselves? Like, it is... Uh, or basically who took too long and is now waiting and is out of time to, to move on to the next stage. It, it is, but it is a rush. It's like, holy crap, I won, yes. And we got a legitimate reaction live. That's great. <laughs> we're no losers up here with our alloy uh, key. I, with my coins, my 2,498 that I earn, I can earn and buy my model car, Eleanor. Yeah. Oh, I got a new go. thing. And I got my uh, alloy keyboard and maybe that, you know, everything else that comes in between. <laughs> So uh, Doris Burke, in 2003, yeah, she became part of the A-Team on ESPN. Um, she's been part of NBA 2K video games since 2K11. 
and she's uh, she's been uh, she's lent her voice to that game as well, even though they're adding ads to it, and people are not happy about that in 2K21. Uh, in 2000, unskippable ads, by the way. Uh, in 2013, she became an NBA studio analyst with ESPN, and in 2017, she was able to do NBA games. And that's Doris Burke, man. She's she's uh she's done it. She's she's moved up the the ladder. So let's move on to let's. Uh, can I knock these uh, last ones out of the way? I did Hall of Famer. Did I'd like to thank the Colonel for giving me strength. <laughs> Popeye had his spinach, Charles has his trans fats. Mm -hmm. Oh, and speaking of food, before we move on, MLB and Taco Bell are once again doing their um, incredible ah, collaboration, yes. which is Gila Bay, Gila Taco. Uh, as the MLB, or as the World Series has begun, we're currently at the bottom of the third with two outs. Uh, so far, no runs. I believe the Rays are the only hit, or maybe the Dodgers have one. But anyway... If a player steals a base, the first player to steal a base, uh, Taco Bell gives away a free taco. Yep. Um, unfortunately, it's not a free taco for every base stolen. It's just one free taco uh, when a base is stolen. Yep. Uh, so we will see. I think last year it happened in game one. Uh, not a lot of base runners right now, so we'll see if it happens in this game or in another. Yeah. It's, it's it's getting harder now with the, the in these days of, of launch angle and just basically swinging for the fences. It's getting harder and harder. But, but I don't think there's been a World Series yet that hasn't had a stolen base since this began. Yeah, but the Dodgers hit like forty thousand home runs in their uh, in the NLCS, so mm -hmm. uh, they they pretty much do live and die by that long ball. Okay, so. Uh, uh, play remember forget I wanted to get this one out of the way because it's kind of interesting alright I hit the old randomizer on basketball reference and it got me somebody super interesting so play remember forget is Howie Janota what you oh. know about that <laughs> Howie Janota I don't even have a photo of the guy but there it is that's his basketball reference page okay uh, played in the NBA, was a forward. Uh, played for the uh, the Baltimore Bullets, the Baltimore Bullets, who are now the Washington Wizards. In the one and only season, 1949-1950, for him, the age of 25, he went to Seton Hall. He unfortunately passed away in 2010, but he lived a long life. And the interesting thing here was from 1993 through the year 2000, he was John Travolta's private pilot. Huh. What? Yes. How do you go? Uh, so he was truly a bullet, just flying out. Yep. So that's that's that was the weird bit of trivia. I looked on. I'm like, who? Okay, let me look on Wikipedia. If there's anything more on him, maybe he was a coach. Maybe he was this. Nope. Private pilot, John Travolta. There you go. So, I mean, that's that's it. That's it. What I, I mean, we're not gonna talk about NFL. We don't have time for that. That's fine though. Well, we're we're at the end of the show, so let's let's head on over to the cage. I don't think we have any goons or MVPs this week. If if you guys have any, not sure. I mean, my MVP I is mean, Cody Bellinger, the Dodgers, but you know, 
Yeah, the lady who called me handsome young attorney. She's <laughs> MVP for Star Wars. Okay. Although uh, Aaron Rodgers believes in chemtrails, so. <laughs> That's a goon right there, huh? Yeah. Uh, and it, it validates all of Charles' opinions about him. <laughs> what happened to him? What happened? What oh, he believes in chemtrails. Okay, well, you know, I'm right about everything these days. It's okay. <laughs> all right, on to the cage. Welcome, everybody, to your weekly Truplex of Cage with Charles. That's right, I had to put this on pause because real boy work has to come in. But sometimes you have to step up. But full disclaimer, guys, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a dance. It is poetry. It is ballet. It is people beating the hell out of each other. Seems kind of appropriate, right? You beat the hell out of each other for championships. You beat the hell out of each other for just good old fun. You beat the hell out of each other to prove a name and competition. And the reason why I mentioned hell, because on October 27th, I believe it's October 27th, I can't do math, or some kind coming this week, Hell in a Cell is due, you guys. October 25th. You got Hell in a Cell in WWE World. You know what that's about, right? That steel structure of a cage where everybody beats the holy crap out of each mm. other. And it's just oh so good. It's known for Mick Foley getting thrown off and good old Jim Ross going, Oh my God, Mrs. Foley's baby boy has just been broken in half. The melodrama. It's what you live for going from there. But before we get into the WWE World, let's talk about one thing. What's better than the Colonel give me Colonel kisses on a day like today? Charles being right, gentlemen. Because the G1 Climax was this weekend. You guys have been following me since uh, it started in early, mid-September, and not, you know what my opinions were. I felt that Kurobushi was going to win the G1 Climax, and what happens if you win the G1 Climax over in New Japan? You get a guaranteed title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. You have to, def you have to defend that opportunity contract right if it comes up, because that's what furthers the storyline purpose. But guess who was in the finals? Kurobushi. Who is he we go against? Sanada. You know, part of Naito's Los Ingobernables de Japón's League going on there. It wasn't Hiroshi Tanahashi, which I'm kind of surprised that they didn't go with that storyline, but Kota and him put on a banger. A banger, gentlemen. And Kota ends up winning. So now, we're presumably, if Gato doesn't screw up the booking here, going to get Kota hmm. versus Naito at Wrestle Kingdom, which is going to be announced as a two-part event. So they're going it again. Last year they did two parts. This year, to do them in two parts. Hopefully, WrestleMania gets in there, too. I like the two-part thing for your mega thing. Um, it gives enough time to go from there. But Kota is now your back-to-back -back G1 championship. Remember, he won last year and put on the idea of having both the Intercontinental Championship and the IWGP um, Heavyweight Championship. Is that the powerbomb? Yeah. Oof. So, Sonata did, like, this dragon suplex onto mm. Kota's neck, and my neck got hurt doing it. <laughs> also, when was the last time that Kota ate a carb? Because that man is dracked. But, um, <laughs> you know, good on Sonata to get that far. I think what's going to happen is they're going to take the Intercontinental title off of Naito and put it onto Sonata, which is fine. But Kota is definitely coming in for that heavyweight championship. He finally signed that full-term contract. We know we're going to get there. Him and Naito have history. They've constantly gone against each other for the Intercontinental Championship. It only makes sense that Kota's elevation is going to come into winning that main title. Look at that. Look at that nice little clothesline. You see, so they look like they beat each other. That's New Japan right there. It's not as much as the style and the entertainment for the soap opera base of things. It's not the dance and the poetry, but they are doing some beautiful stuff coming to it. Plus, yeah. they hit the hell out of each other. They go a little stiff. They land on necks. Sometimes you get kind of concerned, like Big O's, poor Sonata's hair. He looks like he's about to go second level Super Saiyan right now. Here you go. Here's that dragon <laughs> suplex. Watch this. 
oof, you could uh. not pay me. You could not pay me to have my neck go in that issue. So Coda wins. A couple interesting developments that came out of this. You have Will Ospreay, who hasn't been able to wrestle much because of the CV, who is the aerial assassin, assassin as they call him, the aerial assassin. He betrayed his stable leader, um, Kazuchika Okada, you know, turning heel. Everybody turns heel these days. Joining up of Carter Karn, or Great O'Karn, I, I don't know how to say his name, Great O'Karn, and then his girlfriend Bea Priestley showed up, so now I'm guessing a new stable might come out of it. So presumably, damn, look at that swinging neck breaker. Uh, we're going to get, you couldn't, my neck could not handle that, Joanne. Yeah. No, it couldn't. Yeah, I'm like, how stretching? No. <laughs> but look how it stretches into a dragon sleeper. That's mm. the thing. It's about going that extra step. It's just not a knife edge shopping going, woo. Love you, Rick, but you do that too often. You're getting some move variation here. So you have Okada versus Osprey. That's going to happen. Yanu is defending his king of um, wrestling, a little title or title championship. It's not like an actual title, it's like a little title, like a dub onto you, like a, a namesake against uh, Zack Sabre Jr. You're going to have Shingo Takagi versus Minoru Suzuki, which should be very hard-hitting. I'm kind of wrecked at the thought of it because those two have some good talents. That bald man is a stone pit bull, Tomohiro Ishii, and we need to respect him because at 43 years old and like 5'6", he will beat your ass, and he will beat your ass because he <laughs> likes to beat your ass. You know, he doesn't need an incentive to come in. That's Tai Chi. I think they're going to do something with Chaos. or Is that Tai Chi? I can't tell on my screen. But Chaos and... Um, you know, maybe uh, Suzuki going to continue their food coming into it. But then we're talking about Naito. Once again, for whatever reason, and here's the problem with, like, WWE and New Japan's kind of getting into it. WWE is known for, like, weird schmoozy interference in their main events or their championship matches. You kind of had had that already happen in a couple of the title matches here. That's originally how Evil ended up beating Naito the first time around to getting the double championships. Yeah, that schmoozy ending with how it affected Okada and Osprey. But now we're also getting another thing that WWE does that New Japan's doing, which is surprising, multiple rematches. Because once again, at, at Power Struggle, which is like a couple of weeks from now, I think November 7th, we're going to get Naito defending his double championships against Evil again. And I got to question New Japan, why? Can't you create a one-off story to prime Naito as a good title defender until he goes against um, Kota at... Uh, Wrestle Kingdom, that makes more sense to me. I don't get it what you're going there. G1 was fun, though. Not a lot of new interesting names coming into it. It was more of the same. I'm even surprised to let Jeff Cobb get some love there. Wondering when Kenta is going to get his title shot against Moxley. Moxley right now is still wrestling for AEW, but he's also New Japan's U.S. Heavyweight Championship, unless the game plan is to have Kenta lose his guaranteed title shot for Moxley's U.S. Championship against Hirohoshi Tanahashi, and then just have Tana versus um, Moxley, which could be interesting. I don't think their styles mesh that well, and especially since Moxley in New Japan is vastly different than Moxley in AEW. But we'll see what happens there. Speaking of AEW, um, not crazy about last week, gentlemen. Not crazy about it at all. I was not a fan. First off, uh, you had Cody Rhodes versus um, Orange Cassidy for the TNT Championship. It ended in a draw because the time limit went out. I'm not a big fan of that. I understand the concept of furthering a story and furthering the whole purpose of it, but you, you can't tease us like that, especially since I was against Cody getting the title to begin with, and he doesn't even technically have a successful title defense. And even if it was against Orange Cassidy, whom I love. He's Ryan Gosling in a wrestling form because the guy looks like him. Um, he's the king of sloth style, as they say, but he got murdered by Brody Lee, the former TNT champion, several weeks ago. So I think you just got to give some variation there, not too crazy. But furthermore, 
what I'm not too crazy about, Lance Archer and John Moxley. I watched that match. The match was fine, except for the ending. So it ends with the blackout, which is Lance Archer's kind of like, it's like a weird reverse crucifixion bomb, but it's really like a body slam. And he slams down on Moxley and goes for a lazy cover, and then all of a sudden Moxley no-sells, in my opinion. Now, mind you, definition here, no-selling means I'm not selling the move. I'm not selling this power attack. I'm not selling the chop. I'm not selling your finisher to do a crucifix roll-up on you, get the three count. So it was kind of like a cheap way. And and the idea is roll-ups are the ultimate protective pin. You can't see me, but the finger quotes are coming in. I don't think so in this kind of incident. I'm kind of done with Moxley being champion. I know the end game might be Omega Mox, but it just hasn't worked for me. Part of it is because it's a victim of circumstances with the CV. There's been no crowds really to be there. But also, most importantly, all, if not most, of his title contenders have had the CV, so they've had to delay those matches and those storylines. But then they're bringing back Eddie Kingston, who is a wonder. Eddie, you don't listen to us, but you should follow us on Twitter, uh, Sports Goose, and everything else that comes into it. You know, Hyper Alloy sponsors us. Mustang Eleanor sponsors us. You know, Fall Guy sponsors us. You should sponsor us, Eddie. Uh, your mic skills are A1 classic, and now they're continuing the storyline of him getting his rematch against Moxley. Um, he snuck attack him and then choked him out, a la the way that Eddie Kingston got choked out and didn't tap out, but got choked out, um, losing to Moxley a couple of weeks back for the T- well, not the TNT Championship, but the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. My problem with that, though, is Kingston's now managing two tag teams, and I don't like the talents of the Lucha Bros um, just being relegated to just stooges. It doesn't work in of itself. Um, let's see where you can go with it because I don't want to say you're losing my interest but there's bigger expectations now especially now that you've had full, one full year but you talked to a few other people and they said oh hey I loved it absolutely I'm like did ya or is it just you're against the WWE machine that you're willing to settle for average on the other eyes we'll see because I did watch it I was split between that and NXT which we'll talk about in a second but um I don't know. I feel like I want more. I, I just obviously, I don't want Mox with the title anymore, and obviously I'm not crazy about Tody, Cody having the title. FTR, though, you can keep the titles, because your whole schmoozy old school wrestling works for me, but you got to lose the best friends eventually, because best friends should be the next team. I love them. I love the whole storyline with Sue being Trent's mom, driving them in, asking for kisses on the cheek. It's hysterical to me. It's wholesome. It's interesting stuff that comes to <laughs> me. That's what I appreciate for it in and of itself. Um, Going over into the WWE world, we have Hell in a Cell, October 25th, uh, going off into the post-fallout, because last week was the draft, right? So certain guys got switched into different brands. Some people went from Raw to SmackDown, SmackDown to Raw. No one really got pushed down into NXT, which is fine. They've got a lot of new stars coming into it. Will the draft yield results that make Charles watch Raw and SmackDown? I don't know, because I haven't been watching in full. I've been watching the YouTube clips and following up, because... This is kind of like the dark season. I think the main storylines have been built well enough for me to like, but I don't know if that's my peak interest, especially since football's been kind of good. Even yesterday's football game, I didn't really watch the Cardinals in Dallas. I only watched the first quarter, and then I went to proceed to play Resident Evil 2 because I got to get some spooky season in me. Um, I got to tell you, that's some terrifying stuff right there. I'm going to put that on easy mode. I'm 31 years old. I don't need to die of a heart attack out of fear. It needs to be a heart attack out of clock arteries from kissing the Colonel too often. Um, but over in NXT right now, Finn Balor, their NXT champion, has a little bit of a jaw issue, busted jaw, but they won't give you the degree, the severity. We know he had minor surgery on it, so they're expecting four to six weeks before he can go wrestle. Interesting note, Karrion Cross, the former NXT champion who preceded Finn, who had to vacate the title when he dislocated his shoulder, 
is training again. So are we going to push it as soon as we can? Are we going to let Finn kind of bleed it out a little bit with the championship? I don't know. I don't know what the right approach is. I'm interested. I think you should actually build a storyline instead of going for an auto rematch. You can definitely have enough juices here to get them to their December pay-per-view if they have one for NXT. Instead, they're pushing Damian Priest. Halloween Havoc is either... No, it's next week. That's going to be their, like pay-per-view show on a TV. It's not going to be full pay-per-view, but they're going to give you that quality. They're going to figure out some stuff. It's going to be Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano, and then Candice LeRae versus Yo Shirai, and what they're going to do on tomorrow's NXT, we're going to talk about Fina and Alexa in a heartbeat, but what they're going to do for tomorrow's NXT is wheel a deal. So let's get on to the big stuff. As you see on the screen, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, in his beautiful luster, now has his little you know, Harley Quinn and Alexa Bliss. This storyline has been working out very much as a payoff because remember, what's The Fiend? The Fiend is chaotic. He's a supernatural spooky force of nature. He's supposed to convert you. He's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's whatever it wants to be. One of the many minds of Bray Wyatt. But now in the storyline for the last couple months is they have dragged into Alexa Bliss. But now they have the unholy communion in hell. I love it. I really wish they had a mixed gender tag team championship to kind of solidify it as opposed to the women's tag team championship or two uh, mm. men's wrestling tag team championships. But whatever, I can't have nice things. Vince is not ahead of the times. I am. He's not progressive. Um, <laughs> he's not progressive. He's more – listen, listen, listen. I, I, I need an hour to talk about how Vince McMahon is not as progressive as you think he is. Yeah. Um, on top, I mean, the godfather, pimping all the hoes. Remember that in the Attitude Era? Yeah. Um, Akeem the Dream. No, it wasn't Akeem the Dream, but they did. It wasn't Akeem the Dream. They did like a spinoff of it. I'll have to find and send to you of corny characters doing all the other things. It wasn't like a hit up of Olajuwon, but um, a lot of nonsense. I'm going off the lever here. So Raw, they're building up Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre and Hell in a Cell. Fiend has nobody he's going against. It's okay, even though originally it was supposed to be him versus Roman. But you know, better things have happened because in wrestling, it's you know, card always subject to change. His story right now for Alexa Bliss is basically the degradation of her soul and how Nikki Cross wants to save her, and I personally love it. But let's talk about Hell in a Cell. Let's talk about those cards and what I'm excited for. All I can tell you, SmackDown was kind of average. Raw is kind of average. It needs a couple of weeks to gel in the new styles. WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. The third match, the third meeting, Hell in a Cell. Who's going to win? they got to go with Randy. I know they want to do Drew. I know they got to push him. This is not the time. Have him drop it. He's had the title since April. Let him get another opportunity with the crowd come back. He has enough clout to say, yeah, I'm a good number one main event guy. You got to lose the title at some point, right? But if you look at who he's put behind the last couple of matches, he beat Randy Orton clean. He beat Randy Orton in the ambulance match um, with some help at Legends. Prior to that, he beat Brock Lesnar. He beat Seth Rollins. He beat Dolph Ziggler. He beat Bobby Lashley. He has clout. You can give him another opportunity. But if you have Randy win it, you have the payoff to him and Edge with him leading to a championship. If Edge does come back and challenge for the title, I'm for it. Long-term storytelling is beautiful. Plus, remember, Edge's whole thing was he was a champion nine years ago and had to vacate it because his neck couldn't go anymore. There's something beautiful about that that I like in my wrestling. If you have Drew Wynn, though, I'm sure AJ Styles will be out there. He has a new bodyguard, Jonathan Amagabian. That's literally how it says his name. I can't pronounce it. It reminds me of Vegeta and Nappa. It's hysterical. I love it. Bailey and Sasha. It's a side note. Andy, you really have to revive that name pronunciation game. You got it. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I can't do it. But go ahead, type AJ Styles and on Twitter and try to see if you can pronounce his last name. That's my reverse game as I'm going through the things. Just tell me when you're ready. Um, Bailey versus Sasha Banks, Hell in a Cell. This really should be the main event. 
And if it's not the main event, shame on you, Vince. Because unlike when it was Sasha and Charlotte, when it was force-fed to you, this is a natural story that has progressed. Bailey betrayed Sasha, busted her neck. They tried to have the match on SmackDown last week, and it led to Bailey being afraid and disqualify herself early in the match. Sasha wins, no doubts about it. Her promo was fire because Sasha's whole thing has never been about winning the big one. She just can't defend the big one. And her lines to Bailey, which I felt was truly completely just a like a big F you to Vince was my name means more than this title that you have and I'm like yeah I can get behind that because titles are just titles sometimes right some people care about it some people don't but it's the person who has that title and defends that title that works in pretty well um, the matches haven't been fully set they haven't really announced that they're doing any tag teams that they're doing any other stuff but there's some rumor match- rumored matches going on there Aleister Black versus Kevin Owens they had come to blow off but then they got drafted um, and what am I kidding? I forget about the biggest match coming in there. Jay Uso and Roman Reigns in the I Quit match in the Hell in a Cell. Boys. Boys. I am ready. That should probably be the real main event, but I would still go with uh, Sasha and Bailey if Vince really has a set and does care about the women's evolution. But they have told that story of Roman Reigns and Jay Uso beautifully. Like, Roman, just tell him, I feed my family with this title. You cannot survive holding this off. I'm the one that our family needs. Oh, do the Dodgers score in Tampa? Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That, I, that is truly hell in Andrew's cell right there. But we know Roman's going to win. And we know the talents of Jey Uso may be mid-card at best. But the natural storyline of family, and I told you guys this prior when they first started, and I'll tell you it now, it reminds me so much of Owen and Bret Hart when Owen was WWE champion or WWF champion a la 1995 or 6. I think that's what it was. And then they had the WrestleMania match, and then Owen became the Blackheart, and then they had the SummerSlam cage match. It was just it was just good shit, you guys, as Vince McMahon would say. Um, Roman, as a heel, has needed this. Who he goes on afterwards, I don't know. Heyman has been subtle, not really as obnoxious as he was when he was managing Brock. It's all Roman. You really hate him. And the fact is he... The match is not going to end at pinfall or submission. It's going to end if somebody says, I quit. So what are you going to do to make Jimmy Uso or Jay Uso go and say, I quit? Because if you remember last time, Jimmy had to come out and throw in the white towel against Jay's um, displeasure and pleading not to. So I'm very interested in what they're going to do. It's got to be sexy. I need some blood. This is one of those few matches where it's appropriate. What you could do is just have, you know, his father, Rikishi. That's right. Jimmy and Jay are the sons of Hall of Famer Rikishi from Too Cool with the big old butt. Also, he was part of the uh, the Samoa Tribes, the Head Shrinkers, who were WWF champions at some point, tag team champions. You can have him come in and plead him to give up. I don't know. Give me that family drama. But once it's done, it's done. And are you going to build this to what we think they're going to build? Because you know what they want to do. Vince wants to throw all the money in the world for WrestleMania in Los Angeles, because that's where it's going to be next year, or in California next year, is it Irving? Against The Rock, because they're part of the whole Samoan tribe. I, I am just so ready for that. Even though I think The Rock probably couldn't move as well as he could 10, 15 years ago, obviously not. The guy's pushing 50. You want that, because does it put Roman over completely as a champion? Obviously not. Everybody's always going to love The Rock no matter what, but it's going to make Roman relevant for the right reasons, to have a six, seven-month dominant run to beat The Rock at WrestleMania, and then whoever he does lose that championship to will be the appropriate star in making. And, boys, that's what I think I got for you this week on The Cage. All right, then. All right, so that's it. We are done. 
we'll we'll, uh, we'll do this next week, hopefully. Some good things happen with regards to the World Series on Andrew's side. And if not, we'll uh, have to deal with a very, very smug Los Angeles. That's going to be... We, we thought Boston was bad. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. All right. But I think we're out. I'm done. Let's get out of here. Good night, everyone. Take care. Should be raising their glasses, flow crazy, celebrating the madness. I never thought I would deliver no classics. Then I hooked up with them and they delivered more classics. Yeah, I've been keeping it true. Hotel good.